Hi everyone, before we get started, we wanted to let you know that we recorded most of our Luke Cage rewinds before the resurgence in Black Lives Matter protests after the killings of George Floyd and countless others. As you probably know, the Luke Cage series goes deep into the kinds of racism faced by Black people every day. As hosts who are not Black, we have not covered it as well as we should have, but we are trying to get better. We stand in solidarity with the Black Lives Movement, so our non-discussion of the issue in these episodes comes from uh, recording before the tragedies and not ignoring the issues. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Rewind, the podcast that rewatches, reviews, and responds to every movie, show, and one-shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Al Rodriguez. And I'm Sony Samarina. <laughs> and before we get into uh, this, uh, this episode, we want to ask you to follow us on Twitter so that we can respond to fan mail. Uh, we haven't gotten any yet, and I'm thinking maybe that's the reason. Uh, so if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at MCU underscore rewind. Uh, and also if you can subscribe to the show, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, that'd also be great too. Anyway, um, today we're talking about uh, season one, episode seven of Luke Cage Manifest, which originally premiered on September 30th, 2016. I want to say that the first time we get a piece of fan mail, we should just dedicate a whole mailbag episode to that one piece of fan mail. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. I mean, we basically do that for uh, for Marvel. Why not? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. As always, here's a custom-made uh, rundown of the episode in hopefully one minute or less. Scarf's evidence is found inadmissible, and Cottonmouth is released. He threatens to expose, expose, expose Luke's real identity and have him sent back to Seagate, and Luke decides to leave Harlem. Claire convinces him to stay and fight. Cornell reminisces about growing up with Mariah and their grandmother, Mama Mabel. His musical talents were encouraged by his Uncle Pete, who Mama Mabel were later forced Cornell to kill after learning that Pete had made side dealings with his rivals with her rivals. Inspector Ridley comes to investigate Misty because of her connection to Scarf. After uh, talking with Ridley, Misty begins uh, to question Luke when he uh, to question Luke when he returns the stolen weapons he took from Domingo. Mariah is forced to resign from the council, leading to an argument with Cornell. He accuses Mariah of enjoying the abuse uh, by their uncle. Mariah kills Cornell and Shades helps her frame Cage for the murder. Cage tells Claire about his past, just as he is shot by a Judas bullet from a man in the shadows. <gasps> I know that wasn't under a minute, but I feel like when I edit out all my stuttering and stuff, I'll get it under a minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that seems fair. I was going to say, you were six seconds over, but yeah. it's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, alrighty, um, fast facts. On your left. Uh-huh, on my left. Got it. Nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too fast. I would catch it. You didn't see that coming? Tony, how many do you have? Or do you want to just start start facting, I, facting us? I've got, I've got two fast facts. 
All right. I mean, go do you have any? I've got one. Yeah, I've got one, but I'll I'll wait until you're done. Okay. Um, the episode uh, title "Manifest" comes from the Gangstar album uh, called "No More Mr. Nice Guy," but it also refers to like "Manifest Destiny," which is like what this episode is about, like Cornell and Mariah's destiny when that they were chosen by Mother Mabel, and that um, we see, you know. The final destiny of Cornell, him getting killed in this episode. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah, that's my that's my first one. If you want to plug in your second one in the middle, <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? We'll switch off here. Um, all right. So what I think was pretty much the very first line of the episode, or like one of the first few lines, there was that one guy whose name I don't know. I never wrote it down. Uh, he's like one of the lackeys who works for Cornell. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know his name, Tony. Like we we've seen him. A no, handful it's of times, a it's but... a it's a bigger guy, right? Uh, no, he's he's kind of oh. a smaller. Uh, oh, are you talking to Zip? Zip is the only one I know by name. <laughs> it's probably Zip because he okay. looks like a Zip. I, I would take that. So let's say it's Zip. Um, right. so so he has a quote because he's dealing guns and he says, "Got that John Blaze shit." And uh, so in a roundabout way, he is referring to Johnny Blaze. <laughs> the uh, the um. Ghostwriter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So by a roundabout way, um, so Method Man of the Wu-Tang Clan refers to himself as Johnny Blaze uh, because he likes Ghostwriter. Um, and in 2016, Method Man also actually wrote a story for the Ghostwriter comic. It was in this uh, Christmas special where there were like different stories written by different people. So he had mm-hmm. uh, one of them in there. So this is saying in the, the world of the MCU... Method Man is still a, fra- uh, a fan of Ghost Rider, who is real in the MCU, as we'll see soon. Yes. Yeah, I, I think that translates directly over. That seems fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Tony, if, if you lived in the MCU, do you think you would still be a fan of Captain America? Yes, but how many people know who Johnny Blaze is? <laughs> Maybe Ghost Rider, but who Johnny Blaze is? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true, because um, I, I, that also brings another question. Um, right now, as far as the MCU goes, we haven't seen anything with Ghost Rider, right? Uh, I mean, true. Ghost Rider, a little bit of spoiler, does show up in the next season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that we'll cover, but it's not Johnny Blaze. It's the other guy, or one of the other guys. And so, so Method Man is specifically a fan of this um and i already forgot what it's called not daredevil yeah daredevil when you, when you do the oh yes yeah the, the yes he is a daredevil <laughs> not <laughs> not the devil in hell's kitchen but a guy who jumps over um buses in his motorcycle yeah so i think that's what we can extrapolate from this that johnny blaze so far is a normal human who jumps over school buses with his motorcycle that's possibly true and i'm still <laughs> going to think of him as nick cage so he's a big fan of nick cage i mean yeah in my mind most people are big fans of nick cage i have a friend who's uh like really anti-nick cage so it's like of all the things you can be anti why is nick cage that hill you want to die on <laughs> <laughs> i i don't get it either like i I can understand some some things like, you know, I can understand a lot of criticism about him. But unless this friend of yours really dislikes uh, people who evade paying taxes. I don't think so. 
<laughs> okay, then then I'm out of ideas. Anyway, that was my fast fact, which we okay. went on a tangent for a while, so not that fast. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Well, don't worry, my last fact is very fast. Um, Benjamin Donovan, the lawyer uh, we see working with Cottonmouth, is also Fisk's lawyer in Daredevil. So yeah, that was a fast fact. <laughs> I so I I recognized him immediately. I was like, oh okay, cool. We, we've seen him. It's another one of the other you know Netflix MCU characters who moves from show to show. Um, but I genuinely thought that we'd already seen him in this season. So no, we haven't. I don't think so. So you ready to start our discussion of our hero, Mister Cage? Yeah. Sounds good to me. Maybe it's enough that the world thinks I'm a hero. I saw you. You're a hero. Like, a for real superhero, which is, I'm not like a goopy stalker type. But... I'm Luke Cage. You can't burn me, you can't blast me, and you definitely can't break me. I am Harlem, and Harlem is me. So, Cornell threatens to turn him in uh, as Carl Lucas for escaping jail or um or Luke has to work for him. But then he doesn't give Luke any directions. How does he know if Luke is like pro that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. He just kind of says, "Hey, you're going to work for me." Um bye. <laughs> like he doesn't even give him a task or anything. We don't even know what time of day it is. I mean, he could just be like, yeah, do this thing. Or, hey, I'm going to give you a call later. Mm -hmm. And actually, does he know how to contact Luke? Or is it just, does he go to Pop's Barbershop? Yeah, or call... I mean, Pop's Barbershop probably has, at least in the phone book, if not online. Probably not online, no one pops. Yeah, that's, that's true. And I don't know if Luke has a cell phone. He probably doesn't. Yeah, I don't think we've seen him with one, so... Yeah, um, was it this episode or next episode when uh, Misty's new partner talks about Luke's, like, personal information online? Oh, uh, that's next week. Okay, yeah. So I don't know, Al. I don't know if he has a phone. <laughs> oh, no. No, it is definitely this week. Oh, he probably doesn't uh, have a I, phone. I have a note. <laughs> he probably doesn't have a phone then because he has no, like, nothing except for a driver's license online, right? So he'd have to have his name somewhere in the system, most likely. Yeah, that's true. You're right. Because, I mean, when you get a phone, you usually have to give an ID of some sort for some reason. Never yeah. fully understood that. but Unless you're buying a burner phone. Use. Is that how that works? I've never bought one. So I don't no, I don't know. I mean, I would assume, like, isn't that the point of a burner phone? <laughs> to not be tracked? That's a good point. And, yeah, maybe that law is was, like, to reduce the amount of burner phones. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, but I would think that would defeat the purpose of a burner phone. Then again, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I don't, I've never been in a situation where I've needed one. Same here. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So speaking of Luke's um, backstory there, where we were mentioning where he doesn't have like anything but a driver's license. Um, According to the image we saw, he has a Class D driver's license, which, according to the state of New York, is an operator license. So he can um, drive passenger cars and trucks, vehicles that tow other vehicles, hmm. and limited-use motorcycles like mopeds. So now I'm questioning if he was legally allowed to drive um, Claire's mom's delivery van. 
Probably. Probably. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm trying to think if like that delivery van would fall under class D, but I guess it would. I, I could see it. I mean, I, I don't know if passenger car counts, but it's probably within that, that range. You would know this. What class is a motorcycle license? Uh, in California, it's a class M. Okay. I don't know what it is out here in Florida, but I have it. They let me transfer it when I moved here. Okay. And then, of course, you wouldn't know what it is in New York. No, no idea. <laughs> I closed that tab days ago. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Luke drove his uh, motorcycle all over New York and Jessica Jones. So I'm wondering if he had a license for that. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Because that's a normal motorcycle, not a limited-use motorcycle. No, that's an unlimited-use motorcycle. Oh. Well, okay. He's he's definitely a criminal now. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, even if he wasn't a criminal, he did break out of prison. So, <laughs> even if he was which, wrongfully imprisoned. Which is a crime. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. I mean, I feel like you break out of prison, you, you did your time. You did the work to get out of prison. <laughs> That's true. You you spent decades just, you know, digging behind a wall and mm-hmm. just trying to get rid of all that dirt. Yeah, yeah. that's hard. Yeah. A lot of work. Yeah. And then you just go to Mexico and live happily ever after, apparently. Which I'm pretty sure is how it works. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Also, looking at that driver's license, he had no birth date, <laughs> according to that, which is suspicious. <laughs> I completely missed that. <laughs> no, I actually, actually, I'm going from memory. I didn't write this in a note. I'm pretty sure it had a birthday and month, but no year. <laughs> okay, that does sound more. That that sounds familiar. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which is not suspicious at all. <laughs> he's an immortal, apparently. Yeah, I mean, he's only a, a couple hundred years old and older than the country, it, right? It, Maybe it, is that what they're implying? That's what they're implying, yep. It's going okay. to be one of those, at least older than cars and driver's licenses. <laughs> or the other thing is, whoever made that just really messed up, and he's been getting away with it for years, because no one's noticing, not even those two cops who are looking at the data. <laughs> I know, right? We don't know how long he's been going on. Uh, no one's noticing, because there's no year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, how old is he? I don't know. We have his driver's license. Let's look. No year. Yep. Oh, well. <laughs> We'll never figure that out. Yeah. Uh, um, all right, well, moving on. Um, he decides to go on the run, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's like, everyone... I, or I wrote down, everyone he's cared about there has gotten hurt. And now he's like the hero of Harlem. I don't know if they've actually called him that yet, but that's like his thing. Um, yeah, I feel like he's right. It's time to get out of town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I would give it to him, right? I mean, at that point, he's um, you know he's he's done the things that he can. Um, unfortunately, him being around is kind of messed with it. You know, I'm 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 gonna backtrack on that. I don't I don't want to I don't I don't think I would blame him for any of that. He just sort of fell into bad situations. Um, so well, yeah, but everyone yeah. he's cared about has gotten killed. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. There was his wife, there was Pops, there was that one kid who worked for Pops, I forgot his name already, who was killed by Scarf. Oh, yeah. I mean, all um, three of those kids. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And then he just happened to be around, which all of that stuff really was Cornell's fault. It's true. But then Cornell also got caught and then released because of politics. So it's like, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. He's yeah, he, he's it's it's this time. It, he needs to, to get out of out of town. Like it's the right idea for him. Yeah. Um. See, I I'm pr- not pro. I don't want Luke to leave because I like the show, but <laughs> I understand Luke leaving. But when Batman gives up, I don't forgive that in The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> <laughs> well, because at that point he's been a hero for a long time. Like that was his whole, like his whole thing. We, mm-hmm. We've seen three movies of that. Here we've only seen. Well, let's see, this is episode seven of the season, so we've only seen like two movies worth of time so far. Yeah. But then, but yeah, Batman gave up twice because he gave up at the end of The Dark Knight and at the end of Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> really? Know. You count that giving up at the end of The Dark Knight? He, uh, well, okay. He left, he ran away, he sacrificed himself, but then he went into, became a hermit for eight years, as we find out at the beginning of The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, okay, got it. So in that one movie, Dark Knight Rises, we find out about the two instances of him giving up. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so he wants to give up. Like he wants to be like his his uh his role model, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> but Claire convinces him to uh uh convinces him to stay, like using the kind of logic that most people in harlem either have been in prison or have a relative in prison so he's like of the people um which i agree but it still won't stop him from being arrested (laughs) oh yeah definitely like if he i mean as soon as they find out that you know who he really is and the fact that he still has uh, time to serve left on his sentence and all that stuff. Yeah, that's that's not going to work out for him. Yeah, he's he's only made it this far because of the anonymity. It's true. Which, I mean, well, good. Which kind of makes me think, like all of like everything he's everything he's done before the season started was just to keep his anonymity, right? Like he wasn't being paid by pops with an actual check; he was just being paid cash. Um, I assume it was the exact same thing. Oh, no, it was. We we heard, we got a line or two about when he was the dishwasher at um, Harlem's Paradise. Um, and then all of a sudden, now he's like, eh, never mind. I'm here. Look at me. Woohoo. I'm Luke Cage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't understand his logic at all at this point in the thing where he's like, he's he's on the run. But he's still showing off his powers and being known as like the person to come to. This is like is Harlem its own little world that he thinks nothing will be exposed out of that. Uh, maybe. I mean, maybe he's heard the stories from Hell's Kitchen and he kind of thinks it's the same concept. Yeah, but he's not wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he's one of the other powered people who live in New York. Yeah. That's true. I mean, there are more, many more important power people in New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they don't wear masks. Uh, I mean, they do, but more of his protective gear. Some of them. I'm thinking Tony yeah. and Tony and um Cap. 
Yeah, that's true. Cap still wouldn't live through a bullet. <laughs> no. <Yeah>. He <laughs> He's been shot though, right? I feel like he he was shot in Winter Soldier, right? Try to remember. Um yeah, like um Bucky shoots him at the at, at the at, the end fight scene. Yeah. And then he wakes up in the hospital. Okay, that sounds familiar. And I think you're like I don't remember him waking up in a hospital. I remember yeah. Bucky dragging him out of the water. Yeah, and then he wakes up in the hospital. Sam's listening to the album that he recommended. Uh, it says, On Your Left. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, you know what? We should just rewatch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, such a good movie. Yeah. <sighs> uh, you want to talk about him uh, going to see Domingo? Yeah, let's do that. This was this was one of those scenes I was I was kind of looking forward to. Like I remember when the uh the trailers were coming out for this show and like this scene or parts of the scene um were part of the trailer. And uh so that was that was cool to finally see and to be reminded about it overall because I yeah. completely forgot about it until it showed up again. Yeah, was the part uh I wrote down this line. It's like I'm about sick of always having to buy new clothes, which is like yep, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess he isn't f- really off about people not knowing about him because it's very apparent that in Spanish Harlem, where Domingo is, they don't know who Luke Cage is because they just shoot at him anyway and seem surprised. <laughs> yeah, I I guess so. Um, because now I'm trying to think about like. Like I guess, how popular is he? How how much is he known in the area, right? So he's, from what we can tell, he's popular with with people in general. People are talking about him. Is he mm-hmm. in the news? Or is yes, because uh, when they were filming him busting out from uh, Genghis Khan's the restaurant that was exploded, they were filming it. Yeah, there, and, there's that. I mm-hmm. oh, and uh, um, people running after him, asking him who he is, and he's like, "I'm Luke Cage." Well, I mean, he wasn't going to say Carl Lucas. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, no, okay, I guess you're right. I just, I can't imagine that that would be on TV longer than that day. Like, maybe the next morning, because if it was late at night. Yeah. I mean, I can understand that, especially with whatever Tony Stark is doing right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I still, I still think, I don't know how far Spanish Harlem is from regular Harlem, or if it's just a neighborhood within the neighborhood. I don't know, but I feel like if you're in an area called Harlem, or if you're aware of the stuff that Cornell is going through, like Domingo is, you would know about this Luke Cage fella. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you you want to know about you know competition or things that could become competition mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. i don't know i feel like i feel like luke cage would be a bigger deal but I, maybe that's just from my point of view in our world because <laughs> that would be a big deal yeah that's that's true well i mean considering where they live in new york they're they're, they're used to crazy stuff in a sense right like like, oh, it's cool to hear about it, I'm sure. But, you know, it just kind of rolls off. And you're like, yeah, someone else with powers. Okay, moving on. Yeah. I mean, okay, that's fair. 
<laughs> I mean, in comparison to other places in the world. Like, if I heard about that here in Orlando, um, I would think, oh, that's so cool. And I would hope they're, you know, they have, like, cool powers. Not like, I don't know, eye blasts or something. You, you're not a fan of Cyclops? Or not just really. the eye blasts? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, either one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I'm not, I can't really defend Cyclops that much. I liked it when he was a villain in the comics. I actually don't know if he's still a villain. <laughs> but it was Neither do I. Yeah, I, I can never really get into the X Men comics. Yeah. Um. So I'm just going to skip to when Luke is shot, unless there's anything else you want to talk about. No, no, that's that's good. Yeah, I don't really have anything else going on. All right. I don't think he had anything else going on either. <laughs> no. Uh, so Luke is shot, and um. He reacts more in pain than any other character who has been shot in this in the entire MCU. Is this because he hasn't been hurt in so long? <laughs> He's like Captain Hammer. If you ever saw Doctor Horrible Say Long blog, he like just uh, doesn't I have re- seen that. Yep. He just doesn't remember what pain feel, feels like. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, I, which kind of brings up the question of what does he feel? Is he like always numb? Does he just not feel anything? Um, or does he normally feel things, just not pain? Yeah, that, that's a good question. I feel, I don't know. I've heard of pain receptors, but I always just assumed they were the same thing as like touch receptors. It's just like pain receptors is just, pain is just like an extreme feeling of touch, right? I assume so. Yeah, I have no idea how that works. Yeah, I I think he can feel things and like if something sharp is hurting him it's like if you like get i don't know a um you press your hand against a shovel it's not sharp enough to cut you but you can feel the the pressure right yeah uh-huh. i feel like that's what a, a knife would feel like or uh maybe a bullet would hit him like a bruise but not cut him so it doesn't register as that much pain until it actually goes through him, and then he's... Well, he is dying. I was going to say he's acting like he's dying, but yeah, I guess he is dying. <laughs> so, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you get hit with a, with that kind of shot, um, something that was able to penetrate him, yeah, you're probably dying. I would assume I'm dying. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm so... Like, I'm numb to it because of like movies and TVs and all these badass people... Saying that getting shot and then just still stepping forward and doing what they need to do. When Luke is reacting how you should react when you get shot, that, oh my god, I'm going to die. Because that's how people should react when they're getting shot. Yeah, exactly. It's so easy to go into shock. Yeah. Most people have not been shot before. So the first time it happens, it's really going to mess with you. I assume. Yeah. Um. Was it on here that we talked about or maybe off mic <laughs> where I read this thing about this person. Uh, it was uh, SLPT uh, shitty life pro tips on Reddit. And just like, I'm, I'm shooting myself every day with a small caliber bullet so it can become immune to bigger bullets. <laughs> I, I don't remember this conversation at all. So I don't think we've ever had it on air. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. <laughs> With that, but, <laughs> what were you gonna say? 
Oh, I, I was just gonna say, but um, I know what you mean about like conversations because, uh, like, I remembered a while ago you and I having a conversation, but I couldn't remember if we had it on air or not. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's literally a record if we wanted to go back through uh, over like 160 episodes <laughs> to see if we did talk about it, but I'm never going to do that. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll know in like a month when when you edit the episode together and i'm like listening to it to make sure there isn't something weird other times when i'm editing and i'm listening to our track and what like you'll say something and i'll think to myself a joke and then i'll say it because i don't remember saying it i'll say it my podcast <laughs> self would say it. it's like oh good i'm consistent all right <laughs> <laughs> all right moving on to the villains <laughs> I ask you to what end? Dread it. Run from it. Destiny arrives all the same. It's funny, isn't it? How even the best of men can be deceived by their true nature. What the hell does that mean? That I am the ill intent. What about turning the other cheek? Jesus saves. I don't. Uh, who do you want to start with? Um, let's start with uh, with Cornell. We've already talked about him a little bit, so let's bring him up some more. All right. Um, so he's he's feeling really cocky at this moment. He thinks he's untouchable. Oh yeah, definitely. He's able to, or well, he was able to blackmail uh, Luke into working for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like how Shades immediately responded with like, uh, "You don't think he's going to run, do you?" Uh, and Cottonmouth said, "No, no, he's not going to run." Like, he yes, almost yes did. he is. <laughs> if it wasn't for Claire, yeah, exactly. Uh, which would have been great if he wasn't like, like if he did just get away, and then you know we just see the next episode at the beginning. Cornell goes to look for him, like, son of a bitch, he left. All right, well there goes that idea. Well, think of it like this: Luke runs, right? Uh-huh. All the stuff doesn't go down with this mysterious shooter with the Judas bullet at the end of this episode. Uh-huh. And Mariah still kills Cornell. So it would have actually been better for Harlem if he did run. <laughs> Wait, better for Harlem? Or yeah, better because... For... I think better for Harlem, because all the stuff that the shooter and all the violence and all the stuff that's coming in there uh, wouldn't have happened. Like, oh, I see what you mean. The 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 resolution to to all that, basically. Okay. However, it probably would have been a little bit worse because then he definitely would have been the uh, the lead suspect if right after Cornell died, he Luke was just gone. And yes, but then he'll he'll change his name to another thing that is either L and a C or C and an L, and then grow a mustache and move to like Nevada, and no one would know who he is. It's true. At that point, he'll wear a baseball cap everywhere he goes. Yep, baseball cap, cap and sunglasses. That's right. <laughs> Never found again. Um, but Cornell, um, yeah, he feels I, I like I feel think he feels untouchable because he he killed a cop, got caught by the police, got arrested by the police, and then just walked out. I mean, that would make you feel pretty untouchable. Untouchable. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting level of power um, right there. Uh, I don't think he's gonna try it again anytime soon. But 
you know, just considering where where he is, where he ended up after that whole that whole thing, worked out pretty well for him. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, he won't let the Luke Cage thing go. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He he still he he can't get his Judas bullet and kill Cage, which you know it doesn't seem to be a problem, but yeah. Um, let's see. Otherwise, I think uh, the only other thing I have for him is that how jealous he is about Mariah's education. Like, that's the life he wanted, was to be the higher educated and the straight, the person on the straight and narrow in the family. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, when he was a kid, he really wanted to, or he had the, the talent for, you know, playing the piano. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I guess he still does. He still plays it in his office yeah that's true he just was never the the prodigy that he uh i guess he probably envisioned himself that way yeah i realize i have all the flashback stuff in a section i have for mama mabel so <laughs> okay well i can hold off on that um but uh one of the things i wanted to to say i remember him dying like like as he does in this episode mm-hmm. um <laughs> So for some reason, I remember it being around episode seven, but I don't remember this much story having already happened by the time he died. Like, I I remember thinking, wow, it happened so early into the season because we still have five more episodes after this one. Um, So, yeah, that's which and this also kind of makes sense, because given what happened last week, this is basically like the start of a whole new storyline. Yeah, Which I think they were trying to do the pod thing that Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. did and Daredevil did. And then, you know, it worked. The first pod in this is really great. The second pod, I mean, I'll hold off, but from my memory, it's not as great. <laughs> that's that's what I have in my memory, yeah. yeah. We, we'll see what how that plays out, but yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'll try to stay optimistic. <laughs> Alright, I uh, want to move on to Miss Mariah. Yeah, it sounds good to me. All right. Um, so, is it just because I live in Sacramento and it's not New York? Or is, like, city council membership a much bigger deal in New York City than anywhere else in the world? <laughs> I have no idea what people do when they're on, on a city council. Um, so, I don't know. But yeah, maybe it's because you live in a state capital. You're used to that being the the stuff in the news. Yeah. Um, then again, they live in New York City. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know what's involved there. I mean, that's, yeah. yeah, there are two levels of a city council I am familiar with. One is Luke Cage with Mariah in this. And the other is in Parks and Recreation, the TV show, where... You know, they're just a bunch of doofuses. So I don't know which one's real or if it's somewhere in the middle. (laughs) I feel like that's a spectrum of all of them. (laughs) Yeah. If if they're not super conniving or a bunch of doofuses, you don't want a TV show about them. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some places they are just the doofuses, like Parks and Rec. Some, but... Most places are basically you you get that range like you have one person who is a complete doofus, another person who is um, really scheming and conniving, mm-hmm. um, 
but they really can't get that far because you know everyone else is just has has their own you know weird thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, from city council, you can uh, become mayor and the governor, the president, then um, Ultron. You just rule the world. <laughs> I think Ultron's a step after president, right? That's that sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's it's all it's a logical progression. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, every country basically kind of has their one leader, and so well, what do you? Where do you go after that? Leader of the world, okay. Yeah. I think like Miss Mr. Universe or Miss Universe. I don't want to judge, <laughs> right? That's mm-hmm. the that's the weightlifting thing where you get to rule the universe, right? <laughs> Something like that, I, I guess so. Yeah, I don't I don't know what the um you know what other uh things that are are part of your day to day work. Are involved with being uh mr or miss universe um hmm. yeah uh my wife and i watched a sam comedian uh jim gaffigan last night oh where yeah. he that. was talking about uh, arnold schwarzenegger how big a step down it was he used to be mr universe and then he stepped down to governor of california like one state is so much smaller than the entire universe <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's what happens when you stop lifting that's uh, true it's true Mm-hmm. But so I like is that Mariah's end goal is to rule the universe? <laughs> I mean, she is a comic book character. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, I mean, I'm sure her end goal is more power, more money, that kind of stuff, right? Because she's doing. I, I, I never quite figured it out. She's doing something with Cornell to get more money. I never completely figured it out. I, um, I feel like she like. Yeah, she's a bad person, but she legitimately wants to make Harlem a better place. And then it just oh, yeah, goes to hell. Oh, yeah, she definitely does. Oh, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I do like in this that Shades, uh, when he realizes he, like, Cornell is not doing the things he wants him to do, that he comes to manipulate Mariah instead. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So he he just kind of um, showed up at her house, and I completely forgot what that conversation was about. But yeah, it's, it's pretty much exactly what you were saying, right? Yeah. I mean, um, I want to know more about shades. Maybe we'll do. I know we get into his backstory in season two a little bit, but like, what what has Diamondback promised him, or why is he so loyal to manipulating these guys for Diamondback? Yeah, that's a good point. Also, how many people does Diamondback have doing this kind of thing? I mean, like, do you think, like, are you supposing that he has a guy talking to Domingo? Or does he have his fingers in other places, like other cities? I'm imagining other cities. Like, maybe this is one or two of the uh, people that he has within New York City. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe he has someone else in... I don't know, Miami and LA and other places. Yeah. I'm sure there are others that exist. I I, I just can't think of other cities. <laughs> then those three. <laughs> Mexico City. There you go. That's a city. That is a city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the cities that are important in the Marvel in, uh, is like New York. That's the list. Yep. <laughs> At <laughs> no. one point... Um, <laughs> At one point, um, kind of L.A., because that was where 
um, Iron Man lived for well, yeah. three movies. I mean, if, we can talk about like all the MCU in New Orleans for Cloak and Dagger and L.A. for The Runaways. That's true, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And that's it. <laughs> that little town in Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um... Let's see. Uh, Mariah gets forced out of the council, and she goes to uh, talk to Cornell in a very productive um, discussion that I think works out for everybody. Um, yeah, in a sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, is it just me, or when she pushes Cornell out the window, or he falls out the window after getting his head knocked by that bottle, um, I don't feel like he hit the window that hard. <laughs> Yeah, I, I had that as, like, a note just kind of written down. Like, he just sort of, like, barely tapped it. Like, basically, <laughs> that looked like really thin glass. And he cheaped out. Like, maybe... Maybe, maybe he's just he, done. Like, yeah. He he just, he was like, well, uh, maybe I'll just kill myself. Maybe, maybe now's the time. So he just, like, helped Mariah in that sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or here's the, the other idea. Um, so obviously, because, you know, when they were filming it, they're not using real glass. Uh, usually they use like, uh, I think it's like sugar is what mm -hmm. it is. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is a practical joke. Uh, someone, when, when he was getting that put in, um, someone like was, uh, either trying to, you know, play a joke on him or they were trying to con him out of some money. And so they just put, you know, sugar glass up there instead of actual real glass. And somehow it's lasted really long. But <laughs> Cornell was like, hey, uh, you know what? I'm just going to rest on this glass. It can obviously support my weight. It's up here. It's fine. And then he like trips and falls through it because it's, it's just sugar. Yeah. Well, I mean, he obviously, he, he lost balance because he was hit in the head. Not hard enough to break the glass, but hit in the head with a champagne bottle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Champagne bottles are, are, or at least wine bottles are pretty thick. I, and it's not like it killed him. It just knocked his balance off to get the sugar glass out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, he was still in a ton of pain, definitely. Mm -hmm. But yeah. So, do you remember your reaction uh, to this, like when Cornell was murdered, <laughs> when you were watching oh, this for yeah. some? <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I remember being really surprised, right? Because this is, I mean, you're thinking, oh, it's the middle of the season. People don't die, in, or main characters don't die in the middle of the season, mm -hmm. uh, and that's what happened. Uh, so it's it's always surprising when I see that in some shows. I'm like, cool, all right, where's this going? Yeah, I mean, I was mostly surprised that Mariah did it. <laughs> uh, I would, I, I was actually suspecting Shades through a lot of this that he was going to take out Cornell because I knew Luke wouldn't kill him. Yeah, that's true. Um, and and you're right. I mean, Shades is kind of the obvious choice because you know, <laughs> he's a little he shady force. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but he also like works for someone else um and even like that was one of his first conversation topics with cornell where he said hey uh, uh i'm with diamondback now and uh it's okay if this were a takeover you wouldn't even see it coming so yeah like, kind of like he he could have been there to kill cornell at some point if things didn't work out but I guess he didn't have to. Well, I mean, bringing that up, I guess he was right because he didn't see the takeover coming. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> because it wasn't by Diamondback. Or, well, maybe it was because 
he was manipulating Mariah, <laughs> but still. Yeah, true. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, is there anything else with Mariah? I mean, we mostly talked about her with other people, but. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, I do want to give her points for um for giving the the politician's answer. Um, I think when we first see her in this episode, she's like going home and she has all this, this press. They're asking her questions because Cornell just got out of jail and all that stuff. Um, and like someone asks her a very direct question and she just gives that response back. That's just a bunch of words that are not in any way answering that question or any other question for that matter. <laughs> yeah. So. It, I, I know exactly what you're talking about is like someone mm-hmm. said, is he involved in like drug, the drug trade? And she's like, Oh, uh, I thought he was involved in gun running. You guys can't even make sense of what you guys are accusing him of. And she just doesn't answer the question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. so there was that. And then directly after that, um, the lady who did that in-home interview a few episodes ago, she showed up and asked a, another question that was like really direct. And I don't remember what it was, but it was about Cornell. And then that, that's when Mariah, like she kind of pauses for a second. And then she goes into her, her spiel and like gives like a, a whole, you know, yeah 50 word answer of just words but yeah she yeah. she pulls it off so well yeah she plays a good politician yeah. I, i'm i'm really glad she was cast in this i'm not glad she was classed in civil war but <laughs> <laughs> yeah i will i i definitely give uh give the actress points there i don't yeah. know the actress's name at one point i did but now i don't so yeah. moving on to mama mabel or in my notes, all the flashback section. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, it's, uh, I, I was just gonna say, I, I don't remember seeing anything about Mama Mabel at all in the series. Like, I, I remember we get like a little flashback. I think in season two, mm-hmm. and I thought that was the first time that we yeah. see her. But no, it was here. I think the same thing. Also, I thought that the guy who plays um, her brother-in-law in this, the guy who um, supports Cornell's music, I thought he was the lawyer, but without the gray in his hair. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of—they they do look pretty similar. Yeah, or it would come out like that they were cousins, and that was his father or something. But nope. As far as I know, they're not related. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my thing about Mama Mabel is that she judges her grandchildren uh, very uh, incorrectly. Like Mariah should have been in charge of the crime syndicate, and Cornell should have been the straight, the person goes straight. And so, what because, makes you say that? Well, I mean, the most obvious thing is how Cornell. Uh, He's softer and he's more interested in the music and like getting himself out of this level of um, society. But also Mariah is a lot more cutthroat, especially in that scene where we see him uh, having uh, Cornell having to shoot his uncle. She's telling him to do it. She doesn't uh, flinch uh, when the guy's finger gets cut off. I mean, I feel like she was she's a much harder person than Cornell was, so she'd be, and she's smarter. Um, she would have been much more well prepared to take over the criminal side of the business. 
That's true. Yeah, I, I didn't remember her being in the room when uh, when that guy's finger was cut off. But ooh, that was cold. That was tough to watch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, and it's not like women can't do this job because Mama Mabel's doing the job. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, I guess you're right. Uh, I kind of wonder why she thought that. I I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just she was. Uh, she believed in misogyny as much as other people do. Even though she was in charge, she thought she was the exception instead of the rule. Yeah, that's true. That is fairly common, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, one thing, you know, I've been connecting this whole family to uh, the Godfather, right? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. When we've been talking about this. Um, so a big part of the Godfather, all three of the movies is that some members of the family want to bring the drug trade as part of the family business. And it's uh, Vito and Michael, the two main characters, like against it the whole time. And spoiler for a 30-something-year-old movie, but um, in the part three, the, uh, the son-in-law of Michael brings the drugs into the family business, and that's what destroys the family. So... That's pretty much what's happening in this, is she believes that's what's happening, and drugs is what destroys the family, eventually. Yeah, that's that's true. Also, thanks for ruining that. Like I yeah. said, someday I'll watch those movies. Don't worry. You, just keep you don't need to see Godfather Part 3. It's not good. <laughs> that is what everyone tells me. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah and that's all... all I really have about her. Mom Mabel, she's she, she's a bad mama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I didn't really have a lot of a lot to say about her. I mean honestly, you know, the, the don't remember the scenes, but I do remember she was cold. Yeah. And she had no problem just uh like cold it she didn't just um you know kill that one guy. She also she was the one who personally cut off his finger and then she had him killed. Like right mm-hmm. after that, like, man, all right, she's strict. Yeah, uh, I feel like he would have, you know, the message would have got out if he was just like a guy with nine fingers. Don't cross Mama Mabel, but nope. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I kind of wonder if she like the, the impression that I got was that this was him trying to start bringing drugs into this. Um, like he didn't do much with it. It was like early on. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of feel like her reaction was immediately like a swift. No, none of that at all. Um, versus yeah. Cut off a finger and let him go. And like, Oh, okay. He learned. And, and he's not going to deviate from that plan anytime soon, or he just will leave. And hopefully never be found. Um, yeah. But yeah, so she, she just immediately went to that. Yeah. Which, which finger did he cut off? Did she cut off? I, I I don't think it matters. Um, I think it does. Did <laughs> oh, she really? cut off okay. his point his pointer finger? It was uh it was either a pointer or a ring finger, but I don't know which one. If it was a pointer finger, it matters because if he's want she wants him to be like an enforcer, he can't pull the trigger. Oh, that's true. Yep, and then he's useless. <laughs> yep. Especially if that's Maybe. his dominant hand true maybe that was maybe that's what like happened and she like forgot she's like "Ah, i'm just gonna cut off his ring finger ah wrong finger oh well time to kill him yep 
Oh man! Oh well, you're dead. <laughs> uh, shouldn't have moved last minute. <laughs> yep. Stop wiggling. <laughs> oh. All right. Uh, I'm done with our villains. You ready to move on? <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, let's take a quick break. Uh, bring in a word from our sponsor. Welcome to Baskin Robbins. Would you like to try our mango fruit blast? And Jerry's named a flavor after me, so start graving hazelnuts. Not bad. For your consideration. The chair. Pretty close here. All right, so, uh, hey, Tony, can you play any musical instruments? Um, I know, like, three songs on the guitar. So, really? No. I I didn't know you could play the theremin. That's that's really cool. <laughs> uh, how, how'd you learn? <laughs> well, we were in the middle of an ad break, and you just assumed I learned it, so it, it just happened. It was like The Matrix. Oh, okay. Perfect. Perfect. Um, so that's actually pretty similar to what this week's sponsors do. So everyone, we are here to uh, we are proud to be sponsored by our friends at Gangstar Piano Lessons. For those who are 100% committed to learning the fine art of playing the piano, our friends at Gangstar Piano Lessons will drill the basics into your memory with fun, lighthearted training sessions. For example, if you can shoot a gun, you can hit the F-sharp key. They have a lot of other lessons, too, but won't allow me to give away their secrets. If you want to learn their mysterious ways, call our friends at Gangstar Piano Lessons. Use promo code MCU Rewind to get a free baby grand piano with purchase of one lesson. You wow. do need to pick it up yourself, though. Yeah. <laughs> How much is the lesson? Uh, I didn't ask, um, but you do have to call in. So it's, okay. it's one of those, you know, they don't advertise the price. You have to call and talk to someone. So maybe that's why. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There. Remember, that's Gangstar Piano Lessons, where you're thrown into the deep end of piano learning. <laughs> nice. I uh, I was uh, thinking that like the first lesson is like $800, and the other lesson is like $12 after that, because I got paid for the piano. But <laughs> they, just, they just have a lot of pianos in mm. a warehouse and can't get rid of them, so like that's why you have to come and pick it up yourself. I think that that might be what happened, just... They had a bad business deal, and now they're stuck with these pianos. It's just, it's just a hassle. They, they don't want to keep paying the storage fees just for housing them. That's fair. <laughs> All right. You ready to talk about the guy in the chair? <laughs> yeah, it sounds good to me. Guy in the chair. I think that's what I want to do. Is help people. With abilities. No, 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 no. Not those three wombats. No way. All right. Who do you want to start with? Um. So the only other guy in the chair, and I actually wasn't sure where to put this character, is uh, Shades. Oh. <laughs> I didn't have him. Um, no, it's for him at all. <laughs> oh, okay. Um. Well, then I'll start with Shades. Um. I, I just kind of only had one thing um, to bring up and uh, about him, like, he, he's a smart guy. He's he's a thinker. Because mm -hmm. at one point when him and Cottonmouth were talking, you know, Cottonmouth said, you know, uh, that everyone thinks he could walk on water, referring to Luke Cage thinking he can walk on water. And Shades just turns and asks, can he? Um, so Shades is asking the right questions there. Yeah. No one knows what powers <laughs> Luke Cage has. Now, to be fair, they do actually know his full set of powers. They just don't know that those are the, his only set of 
the powers that he has. <laughs> no, that, that's fair. <laughs> like, I mean, uh, people. Some people out there assume that Jessica Jones has uh, eye beams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And ninety nine other friends with superpowers. Yeah, she'll get there eventually. I yeah. think she can, like within the end end of her run, she has at least six. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to recount some it. Some of them. But... <laughs> some of them are friends. Yeah. And some of them survive. That too. She does not have a good run. No. Yeah. Ooh, anyway, uh, that, that's basically all I had for Shades. I just wanted to bring up that, you know, it was kind of a one-off line, like a joke for him. But at the same time, no one else asks these questions in, in the MCU. Like, oh, cool, this person has this power. What else? <laughs> it's true. Um. Yeah, I'm, well, my notes, I have one for Claire. Just one for Claire and one for Misty. Okay, yep. Uh, Claire seems to have become uh, radicalized. She is all pro-heroes. Forget the cops. <laughs> well, I mean, especially once Cornell got out. I mean, that, that'll really kind of drop your faith in the in the system at that point. Yeah. I mean, also, uh, there were dirty cops uh, going after her in season one of Daredevil when he, she first met um, when she first met Matt. There were dirty cops looking for a Daredevil. There were? What? Yeah, what um, remember, I remember that. Uh, or they might have been dirty or might have been fake cops, but when she found him and he was recovering in her house, they knocked on her door looking for a guy. Oh, you're right. Okay, I do remember that now. Yeah, okay. I think they were actually fake cops, not dirty cops, but still. <laughs> and then um, for Misty, I have her about her being under investigation for her partnership with Scarf. Um, what happened between the inspector? What do you think happened between the inspector and herself? I know it was her former lieutenant, but they don't seem very friendly with each other. <laughs> yeah, I don't. No. Well, it, is it just the... Because this was the the woman who... Because uh, uh, I, I don't remember her name. Um, so this uh, is the lady Ridley. Who, Inspector Ridley. Ridley? Okay. Um, she, like... Would she basically just get, like, a demotion because of what happened? I, I'm, oh, I'm oh, really oh sure no. I was talking she... about the, the other one. Um, yeah, I think... Like she, yeah, she either got demoted or transferred. Most likely demoted because it happened under her watch, if not full out fired. About okay, scarf being a dirty cop, but I was talking okay. about uh, the lieutenant, the inspector, who was like um, looking into Misty and has her under suspicion. She says she used to be uh, the inspector used to be Misty's lieutenant, but th there's definitely some bad blood between them. From their reactions to each other. Okay, yeah. Now, now I I vaguely remember this. <laughs> um, but that yeah, that's a good question because I guess the little bit that Misty has talked about her backstory in this season, like, has only kind of been in relation to Scarf, right? Because when she first showed up on the Force, no one else would help her. Like Scarf was the only one who um, took her under his wing. So mm -hmm. maybe the lieutenant at the time um maybe she was trying to help misty and then misty didn't want her help and then bad blood grew from there i don't know i'm just making things up but i've, I've got nothing yeah i don't know maybe we'll figure anything. it out later 
<clears throat> for all we know, it could have. We could already have this information. We just don't remember it from the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, that's it for the guy in the chair. Do you have anything for the twelve percent of a plan? Uh, so there is one thing I okay. kind of want to bring up. Stark Tower is your baby. Give yourself twelve percent of credit. 12%. An argument can be made for 15. 12%? Well, I my baby? did do all the heavy lifting. Literally, oh. I lifted the heavy things. You know, I'm 12 minutes older than you. <laughs> Go. What percentage? I don't know. 12%. 12%? <laughs> that is not a plan. It's barely a concept. You're taking their side? I am Groot. So what is better than 11%? What the hell does that have to do with anything? It's actually something that I think we skipped or overlooked at the end of last week's episode. So last week when um, Scarf died and they arrested uh, Cottonmouth and then they said they were going to get rid of him. Didn't uh-huh. think about this at all. Um, did no one take Luke or Claire's statement, um, especially about the part where Scarf told Luke like everything about Scarf working for Cottonmouth and the fact that Scarf was the one killed by Cottonmouth? Like, did that? Uh, was I mean, that it's, completely swept under the rug. I think it was. I think. Okay. Yeah, I feel like Cottonmouth was is too powerful, and Scarf was too embarrassing. They were like already planning to ignore the whole thing. At least some people were. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Yeah. That that bothers me. That concept about Cottonmouth being that powerful because it just doesn't feel like it. Yeah. I mean, from what we see, doesn't he only have like one cop under his thumb, Scarf? Or are there more out there? Oh, there was that other one. The um, the internal affairs guy that oh, Misty yep. got. Yeah. So he probably has multiple other cops. But, like, w- we talked about this before. Like, the size of his whole operation. Um, there was the episode where Domingo shows up at his place in, at uh, Harlan's Paradise. And I guess Domingo's a bigger operation, bigger group of whatever the hell it is they do, because like Domingo had no problem just littering um, in Harlem's Paradise, like yeah. an ass. <laughs> Pulling out all of the chocolate in his uh, his, his jacket. <laughs> yeah, all, all the melted melt chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's not just how powerful he is, it's also his connections. His cousin is a, a city council member. So I think that's the the focus they don't want on them. Although it gets on them anyway, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, Mariah does get forced out, basically. So, okay. Yeah. And I, yeah, I'm, and, and I'm going back to what you said about, like, I have no idea how much power a city council person has, because usually with something like this that I'll see in, like, TV or movies, it's a senator or a congressman. Mm-hmm. Not used to city council. It's true. Although New York City Council member, That's probably true. different. That is, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they are on a different level than most other cities in the in the country. I feel I feel like a city council member from New York is probably equal to a senator from Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. They're probably roughly the same amount of people. They're same amount of constituents. I actually have no idea how many people live in Wyoming, um, but. It was like half a million when I was in high school because we had a map in my high school. I remember that half a million and it was like the lowest population. 
<laughs> wow. Okay. So more people in New York City then. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. All right. Uh, you ready to wrap this up? Yeah. yeah rate the episode? Sounds, yeah. Sounds good to me. I know my value. Anyone else's opinion doesn't really matter. Earth just lost her best defender. So we're here to fight. Strongest Avenger. Access denied. Strongest Avenger. Access denied. Damn you, Stark. Banner. Welcome, Strongest Avenger. Oh, what? So, Tony, how do you think that we should rate this episode? All right, Al, how many mic stands are we going to give this episode? (laughs) Oh, you had to go there. Yep. Uh, (laughs) It's the most memorable part of the episode, in my opinion. It really is, yeah. Uh Um, I'm giving it... I'm going to give it a... like a two and a half, honestly. Like, I'm I'm debating giving it a three because at the end, you know, hey, it, it actually like gets into storyline stuff. But really, this entire episode was just set up. Like, we already have stuff. It's like a, it's like an uneventful season premiere because we already know the characters, and it's a continuation in a sense. But it's it's just like the previous storyline has concluded and so now mm-hmm. we're, we're starting the next thing and so because of that it just it was really slow it just felt like it kind of dragged on so I'm, yeah. I'm giving it a pretty low yeah, yeah. i mean I, I agree it feels like a um uh season finale of game of thrones you remember how it stuff's wrapped up in the episode before the season finale but they gotta leave the crumbs for the next season uh yeah uh-huh. yeah rarely the best episodes uh yeah i'd give this maybe a little higher maybe a three but still not very good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Alrighty. Sounds good. Let's uh let's wrap this one up. Okay, everyone. So um before we meet next time and uh chat, uh <laughs> please remember to follow us on Twitter. We are at MCU underscore rewind and please remember to uh subscribe uh with an auto download policy because I think that's the best way for you to to listen to this. Auto download the podcast. Um <laughs> Uh, anyway, so next week we will be continuing talking about Luke Cage. We'll be on episode eight, which I did not write down. Um, <laughs> unless Tony knows it off the top of his head, we'll just say that we're talking about episode eight. Episode eight is blowing up the spot. There we go. Uh, anyway, this was uh, the rewind for episode seven, Manifest. Uh, this is the Marvel Cinematic Rewind signing off. Have a marvelous day. These are the words that I manifest. I manifest. For the words I manifest, they will scold you and mold you. Well, I impress upon you the fact that I use my tact at rhyming or climbing and chill while I attract that girl you're with. I got a sincere quality. I give her all of me, cause you're too small to be trying to rip. So let me uplift and shift my gift. Let's go to the fullest capacity. I got tenacity.